Hi everyone, thanks for joining me today on Fuel Radio. My guest today is Whitney Freya. Whitney is an expert in inspired living. She's the author of three books on personal creativity, the most recent being 30 Days to Unstoppable. She's also an inspirational speaker and the leader of a community that circles around the fire of inspiration and personal freedom through her online programs and coaching and training. Since 1996, when Whitney dared to open an art center with zero art background, she's been committed to creating her own most inspired life and then helping others to do the same. I really enjoyed my conversation with Whitney and I hope that you will too. Please join me and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Whitney Freya. Well, in reading about you and preparing for today, one of the things it says is that you went from zero to art center. That sounds like quite an accomplishment. And by zero, that means not being entirely an artist or exploring. Based on the pictures behind you, it sounds like you've come a long ways. <laughs> but yeah, what? so what led to that? What? How? Did, why did you do that? <laughs> and yeah, how did it, you do that? Yeah, so I coach people and I say, if you've ever, you know, if you consider yourself a big wannabe anything, chances are you're meant to do that at some point in your life because I was a huge wannabe artist growing up. I'd had the art teacher when I was nine tell me that I had a great eye for color and balance, but drawing wasn't my thing. Mm. And so my nine-year-old self just heard that like I wasn't artistic. I, I could never be an artist. So I just became this crazy wannabe. Like when I sh- showed up at my 20th high school reunion, people were like, you're doing what? Because I was so <laughs> vocal. Like everybody knew I was a wannabe artist, right? And I just heard a statistic. It's something like 85% of people have some art wounding. Like they basically have an art teacher or someone said something about their <laughs> drawing or painting. And so they stopped. Yeah. And, and this is a big deal. You know, it trickles into everything. I mean, right. Because people stop everything. being creative when they have that wound too, right? And we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and creativity is problem solving. Creativity is where we can source hope, you know? (laughs) And so when we're, we're raised in a system, which we have been that says creativity and like artistic creations are only valuable if someone will pay you money for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not going to be making any money from your, from art, then why would you do it? Right. And actually the arts are here to help humanity keep in balance, you know, when mm-hmm. the logical linear mind becomes the only thing you're sourcing, well, we see what happens. It, you know, it becomes way out of balance and we become way fear-based and we see ourselves as separate and we feel disconnected and we want to bring all of that into balance. So, so that is what inspired me. I was reading a book called Zen and the Art of Making a Living. And I mm-hmm. was, I had graduated from the University of Michigan with a general studies degree and was selling books door to door in the summers and then recruiting college students to sell books door to door with me. And, and it was a crazy job and very, you learn a lot about yourself, trust me, but you know, it's not something you love doing. So I was trying to reel in the idea. Like I I really felt like I was going to receive the idea and I would know it. And then I would stop selling books. And so reading this book, Zen and the Art of Making a Living, the author says that the book will insist throughout that unless you adopt an artist mentality, you won't be able to create the life of your dreams. And I knew I wanted a dreamy life. Like I wanted to create the life of my dreams. And, and for you, you know, three, four years out of college selling books door to door, I was like, holy crap, like the real world is so much more like a blank canvas. 
than a multiple choice test or, you know, historic dates or biology cell parts or whatever, right? Like Mm -hmm. life is open and it's up to you to create what you want. There's no one showing up, knocking on the door. Like, okay, now adult, you do this, right? A lot less linear. Hey, (laughs) so much less linear. So the idea was to open an art center that was like more like a YMCA that was just open all the time where people could come Mm. to get creatively fit. So they'd go back out into the art that is their life and create the change they wanted. Mm. And that inspiration it like right away, it was so obvious that that was the idea. And, and then I just kept taking kind of one step at a time, you know, I'd share the idea. Like my parents thought it was a great idea, which was completely bizarre because they're very logical people. And I had no art training, but they hated me selling books door to door. Right. So they were like Uh anything else, like one thing led to another. And I ended up opening the doors May 1st, 1996, still never having painted on a canvas. Mm. I mean, I had bought an easel and then a big pad of paper and some oil pastels because I was still afraid. Right. And and then I took classes at my art center from other people. Mm. And then I started teaching classes because a lot of the well-trained art schooled artists did not understand how scared my people were. You know, they were like Mm. me. They felt safe Mm -hmm. coming to my place you know, for whatever reason, whatever vibe I was radiating out from this little bungalow on a side street and, and they'd come in and, and they were scared and there was a lot of psychology behind it. And I felt like I was closer to where they were than the well-trained artists. So a couple of years in, I started teaching like painting for fun, you know, and, and that really, you know, of course expanded my practice and, you know, it evolved from there, but yeah, it was a wild ride. And, you know, I think when you're following those kinds of intuitions, it's always a good thing. And it doesn't mean that it's going to proceed according to any plan, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I never made a lot of money, probably if I'd written out a business plan, which I didn't have to because I'd sold so many books that last summer, (laughs) selling books Mm -hmm. door to door that I could pay cash for everything. I might not have ever done it. And, you know, this has been my offering to the world and in my greatest personal journey. And so, so yeah, I just followed the inspiration. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, a lot of people don't do that. (laughs) You were waiting for that big idea. And I think people get ideas all the time, but they don't necessarily jump on board and, and do something about it, you know? So yeah, good, good for you. What was that like for you too? There you were selling books and then you had this idea, this inspiration. And what, what was it like at the time? Yeah, it was scary. I mean, I remember crying to my fiance at the time, just being like, what am I doing? You know, and and then I also remember describing in that moment, I'm like, it feels like it's this train that's pulled up to the station that is me. It's inviting me on to like drive the train, you know, be the engineer and I can get on or not. And, but if I don't, the train's going to keep going. It's going to find someone else to hop on, you know? So like Liz Gilbert, big magic, she says, ideas are swirling around looking for hosts, you know, and that's what it felt like from the very beginning. And I articulated it that way. So, so what I would tell people when you come up with the idea, one, check the energy. Like if you get super excited about something, you know? that's a sign like that. The energy of excitement is the sign encouraging you to keep going. Right. So then the second step is just to open up like in the next 24, 48 hours, see what comes up. Like if you start, you know, Oh, I want to open an art center, you know, that's like the YMCA. 
in the next 24, 48 hours, if someone mentions art or learning how to paint or teach, you know, anything related to your idea, that's information, especially two, if things happen twice. And I use this all the time for so many different things. And then you just stay present and you take the very next step, right? So, you know, the idea could be really big, right? Like whatever it is, but just the very next step could just be Googling something, you know, or reaching out to someone or learning something that you would need to do this deal. So do that one thing, right? So just kind of keep it going, but it's one step at a time. What I found in the creative process, which is life, right? Life is the art we're ultimately all creating is we come up with an idea or something that gets us really excited. And really quickly, we go way ahead to the future result that we're hoping to get from it. And then there's such a expanse and so much unknown between where we are and that finished view that we stop ourselves before we even start because there's, there's so much that's not clear. But it's just like if you were going on a road trip, like if you were going to drive from Vancouver down to Joseph, Oregon, and you were trying to visualize like, well, where am I going to turn to get to your house, Whitney? It's like, you can't see that far. Like, you know, what's, what's the highway you need to get on in Vancouver to get to my house? Do that first, right? The rest will follow. So we get way ahead of ourselves and we stop because of all the unknown in the future. But if we asked ourselves, what can I do right now that would get me just one step closer? There's always something we could do. So it's, you know, letting it evolve naturally. <laughs> we should mention you just released a book called 30 Days to Unstoppable. Is that one of the, it sounds like one of the things that you probably teach in there is how to transcend fear and, and go after these types of ideas or goals or, or whatever. Yes, there are many uh, multiple chapters on presence and the mm -hmm. importance of presence and also courage. And someone actually reminded me, I mean, the 30 Days to Unstoppable content was literally given to me as a teaching to help us remember how to care for ourselves as vibrational beings, like a whole new level of wellness. And, and I was teaching the course so that I would write the book in January, 2020, February, 2020, March, 2020. And when the whole pandemic hit, we all just looked at each other like, holy crap. Cause I was literally describing it as like Noah's Ark. Like we're energetically creating a Noah's Ark so that no matter what happens in the external world, you can trust that you will be safe, secure, and loved. And so it's very, very timely right now. But that unstoppableness has been circling around me since the very beginning, because a lot of it is just understanding how much more is happening. Like when I got the idea to open that art center, I truly believe I was given the unstoppable dream and I had to stay present and I had to summon up courage and I had to give myself lots of compassion and all these elements that are part of the unstoppable matrix. And, and, and that's how you become unstoppable. If you put all the weight on your shoulders, you get the idea you want to create. And then it's like, okay, I, me, myself, the ego, the individual person that has this train, you know, such and such training and such and such contacts. I have to do this. I have to make this happen instead of saying, Ooh, I'm going to co-create this, you know, with the universe. Like this is something wanting to come through. If you want to come through me, show me, show me the very next step. And that is, that's, as far as I'm concerned, the only way to get unstoppable is to you know, stay <laughs> present and take the pressure off and follow the clues. Yeah, cool. I don't want to go back, but 
just when you were talking, it, it reminded me of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when he takes, you know, there's that, there's that gap and he knows he just needs to take that next step and then the bridge will, will appear. I know a lot of people who talk about this, they use that as, as an example. But you said something too that I just want to, that I do want to key on. And that was the term unstoppable dream. That is, that's, that's really cool. It kind of reminds me of back in the seventies when at business meetings and stuff, they'd sing the impossible dream. <laughs> but <laughs> I like, awesome. I like the unstoppable dream. Cause it, 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 like you've been talking about energy quite a bit. It, it seemed to have a sort of a, a really cool kind of energy. And you yeah. mentioned that your unstoppable dream was, was a gift what would you say to people that feel like oh, I haven't I haven't discovered my unstoppable dream? Maybe they maybe they've stopped and started or just don't know what to do. Do you, do you, right. do you have some uh, advice for us on that? Yes. So um, the subject of energy is, you know, I feel like has been up for a long time now, right? I mean, I think most of humanity can accept or understand that everything is energy, right? On a quantum level, everything's energy and everything vibrates. And energy is such that like attracts like. There's resonance between energy molecules and atoms and things. And so for you to receive your unstoppable dream, right? Like to be unstoppable, to be, you know, in this energy of like, oh, this is my calling and this is exciting and I'm here to create this and serve others and all of that. That's a very high vibration. And so, you know, a lot of the human condition right now is very low vibration. So if you're low vibration wanting your dream come true, which is very high vibration, the first step is to care for, nurture a level of vibrational wellness, which is this, this is the, the content in 30 Days to Unstoppable, so that you're like prepared. For example, if you were going to plant a garden, right? So you have images of like, okay, right, the world, we don't know what's going on. I need to have a garden, right? I need to be growing my own food. So if that garden is now covered in weeds and, you know, dirt that's doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it, that would be, let's imagine low vibration garden space, right? Like it's not capable right now of growing a garden, but you can raise the vibration of that space. You can weed out all the weeds, you can add nutrients to the soil. So then you're ready to plant your garden and then you water it and continue to weed it and it will produce fruit. So it's the same thing with us. Like we need to create fertile ground so that when you receive that idea, which is just like a seed, like I believe the idea is just like a seed and that it has the blueprint within it to come to fruition. It has everything it needs to become a realized idea, but just like a seed, it needs you like me as the gardener, right? It needs someone to plant it in the soil. It needs someone to water it and then keep the space clear so it can grow. So that's for me, how I see, you know, kind of accomplishing anything in my life is I am, I am the gardener. Like I'm receiving the call, the inspiration, the aha, you know, I get all excited and it's like, whoo, okay, this may be something that I'm meant to do. And then I, you know, it's, it's like opening up and being in a state of allowance. But if you're low vibration, what happens is you go to like, oh, well, that would be awesome, but oh, I don't have enough money or time or, you know, my hair is too curly or my hair is too straight or you know, I'm not good at that. You know, everyone else is doing it. Like you just immediately start going to all the reasons why it won't work because that's lower vibration. So it's just like tuning a radio dial. Like you have to be tuned to the like, oh, this is exciting. I've got this to stay in alignment with your dream come true. 
right? Because that's very high vibration. So that's the first thing is nurture your vibration. And then when you receive it, you'll know what to do next because you're, you're focused on what's possible rather than all the reasons why it won't work. Awesome. I want to spend some more time on that because it seems like it's probably very foundational. Like, isn't that kind of the first step is nurturing that, that vibration? I've been reading, oh no, I've been listening to, for some reason, I started listening to this Buddhist monk on YouTube <laughs> and it, it just reminded me that of, of cultivating, like, I think sometimes we just maybe expect miracles, right? And we expect things to just come out of, out of nowhere. But what I hear you saying is kind of in alignment with what this guy, what Buddhist practice is all about is cultivating loving kindness and, and that sort of thing. I mean, other religions have different terminology for it, but they all, they all do it in some sort of a way, right? Yes. So compassion is compassion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's interesting that you should say this too. I, I don't want to talk too much about myself, but for the last few years, I've been working on my own and I just realized that it's been important for me. Like I haven't gone out and, and really marketed myself a whole lot. And I've just, I felt, I have intuitively felt the importance of just being open and, and, and in a way I didn't even know I was doing it, but I guess sort of cultivating that energy of just being open and believing that more work will come along and that, that I'll be okay, you know? And that's hard to do sometimes when you're maybe a thousand dollars or whatever under your, what you need to make ends meet and stuff like that. But I've just tried to keep the faith, so to speak, but maybe you could just say a couple more things about, yeah, yeah, what, what you need to do to what the foundational type of things that people need to do. Right. So, so let me share this in my story. So in 2012, I left my marriage and we had just moved out to Oregon in 2011 to 700 acres, built the house, you know, the dream house, the husband didn't have to work anymore. And, and I realized that this was not my happy place, it was never going to be my happy place as far as energetically, right? The energetics in our relationship were very uh, strained. And so, so I left and I left lots of financial security. I didn't throw myself under the bus, but I didn't take as much as I could have because all kinds of reasons. So I was in a rental in town, all of us, you know, seemingly all of a sudden and worried, you know, did I screw up my kids? How am I ever going to buy a house? You know, da, 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 da. And, and over that period of time, the guidance I kept getting meditation, journaling, you know, things you hear and read was keep your vibration high, share your joy, share, you know, your sacred painting practice that I teach people, share it from a high vibration and everything else will fall into place. And in that period, I mean, at one point I was at least $30,000 credit card in debt, you know, like it wasn't a gimme, made it a priority. I worked to keep my vibration high. And the biggest way I do that is through the painting practice that I teach. My, my teaching and my painting expanded dramatically when I needed it so desperately, you know, I mean, it was literally like, I'd be crawling, crying to the canvas because I was so freaked out. Like, oh my God, what did I do? You know? And by the time I left the canvas, I'd raise my vibration. I knew exactly what I did. I was honoring who I was, what brought me joy, what was important to me. I was no longer willing to compromise myself and who I was to keep someone else comfortable, right? So I like left the canvas empowered. I painted into the paintings. I am sovereign because I say so. I am an abundant. I live my joy. I painted the reality that I wanted to attract, to be 
you know, resonant with, I painted that into the paintings, all of these paintings that you see behind me, if you're watching the video have layers like intentions and sacred symbols. And, you know, sometimes they have numerology. There's all kinds of things in those paintings energetically to like hold space for what I'm choosing. So symbolically I create into my reality, what it is I want to experience in the art that is my life. And every painting that I've painted with those intentions, it, it's all come to fruition. And so that's the first thing. So I, I have my painting practice. It raises my vibration. I paint what I want because then I'm focusing on what I want. So again, very often, all of you check in the next time you think like, oh, you know, I want to grow my business. I want to earn more money. I want to get more physically fit. I want to, whatever it is you want to do, watch your thoughts. Do you start going to the worst case scenario and worrying about what, what you're going to have to do when that doesn't work out, or do you imagine into it happening, right? And so at the canvas, we never paint, I mean, you know, there are exceptions, these dark artists, whatever, but 99% of us never go to paint something that we find hideous or ugly or sad or depressing, right? We go to paint things that are going to make us happy. So why don't we do that with our mind and our thoughts? So for me, the painting practice is really training ourselves to understand that the real imagery, the real, you know, creating that we're doing happens in our mind with our ideas and our words and our thoughts. And when humanity remembers how to speak to what we want, rather than speaking to what we don't want, everything will change. So that is really, really important. And then I also got outside a ton. Nature is one of my greatest allies. You cannot go out in nature, even if it's a park near your house and sit under a big old tree and stay, I mean, you know, exceptions, right? But you, you will raise your vibration getting out in nature. And I'm not, you know, I've worked with thousands of people for 25 years. Like I know there is some shit you all are going through right now and I'm not minimizing that. And what are you focused on? What are you talking about? You know, are you reinforcing, you know, kind of validating or defending your limitations or are you remembering all the times you did learn new things or all the times your life has changed and gotten better and focusing on that? So it's, it's, it's a call. It's an opportunity to remember that what you imagine and what you think about becomes your reality. You know, thoughts become things. I mean, that's, we yeah. know this quantum physics, you know, how, th what we expect when we look at something influences what we see. And we're meant to do this on a day-to-day -day basis. And that is what oh, I love to share with people. <laughs> that's great. It's more fun to think about what you want than what you don't want. I mean, yeah. Works well, and I have zero credit card debt now, and I bought a house, and you know, I promise it all works. There you go, it's worked for you. That's great. It's great mm -hmm. to have that uh, evidence in your own life. Yeah, I love what you're saying. Something I've come across just recently is a book called Your Brain on Nature. And what's sort of cool about it is, I mean, I'm a big nature guy too, I've been walking and praying in the woods for over 20 years, you know, or I feel like actually when I look back on it, I've been kind of doing it all my life. <laughs> and, but what's cool about this book is that it's scientifically backed now, you know, like the color green and all kinds of different things. They, they have an impact on our, on our brains and dopamine and all those good chemicals. They, when we get outside, it, it naturally releases those things, you know, so that connection with energy is not just, or with nature, 
is not just a spiritual thing. It's actually, you know, there's, there's some science and, and, and other things going on, right? Oh, the yeah. science is amazing. And back yeah. to vibration. So the earth has a vibration, right? The earth, mm. you know, a scientist in this field could measure, listen to the vibration of the earth and humans, our bodies are meant to vibrate exactly the same as the earth. And things pull us off, right? So like frequencies, EMF and all this stuff. And I, I don't freak out about any of that stuff, but it's like, yeah, this is why we're supposed to get out in nature regularly. And literally they've measured, the University of Michigan did a study years ago where, you know, if you're anxious or stressed, you know, your hormones and all the chemicals in your body are firing because you're upset about something or worried, you go sit under a tree and within however many minutes you come in a homeostasis with the tree. You know, this is why people have crystals. Like I remember learning this for the first time, the crystals are basically bringing that earth vibration into your home to help, you know, keep you in alignment so that there's enough of the earth vibrating as close as possible to you that you can harmonize with that. So that's all a very real thing. I, I'm like, I could do a whole conversation just about the earth I mean, all the all the answers mother earth is showing us like it's all there everything that's we need great to know. yeah um, and everything i think we need to know like go to a river you'll get messages from the river go to a mm-hmm. tree you'll get messages from the tree like there's wisdom there absolutely that's cool i want to go, just go back to painting for a sec like what do you think's going on there it, it, to me it sounds like you're sort of just it's a time of spending more time in the feelings and you're reinforcing those feelings and maybe giving them giving them a chance to to blossom or whatever the term might be exactly. what, 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 yeah what do you what do you say is going on there there is so much magic going on there and and again it's all you know, it is all backed by science. Like Joe Dispenza, you know, does a ton of um, scientific studies and he talks about the importance of elevated states of emotion. The more you can spend time in elevated states of emotion, the quicker you'll manifest the change you want in your life. And it's also one of the hermetic principles. So yeah, going to the canvas with the intention of painting a painting that holds the energy of this vision that you have, you know, and you know, like for you. So, you know, if it's like, okay, I want a bigger audience kind of thing, you know, you paint into the painting, like I love my huge audience. I reach millions of people. And, you know, maybe you start painting a bunch of little smiley faces, just cover the canvas with smiley faces and, you know, and painting creates a certain amount of time and space that you spend thinking about, like you said, and just imagining into what it is you want, you know, in law of attraction, which I didn't read until, you know, after I got divorced and after all that stuff. And, you know, they talk about their creativity workshop is sitting down and imagining what you want for 20 minutes. I really don't think there's probably anybody on this planet that will do that regularly. I mean, not that it's great if you do, but it's too easy to like, oh, the phone rings or somebody asks you something and you hop up and you go and you stop thinking about what it is you want. Um, But the canvas kind of, brings in, you know, you got to get out the water and the paints and you sit down and you're painting out, you're going to spend at least 20 or 30 minutes, multiple times thinking about what it is you want. And then you're also aligned with that creative frequency, which is exactly the creativity that you need to create any kind of change in your life. I mean, that's all the same. Like the Martha Stewart creativity is like freaking one needle in the haystack kind of thing. The real creativity is your chi. It's your prana. It's, it's what animates you. Like if you weren't creative, you would just lie in bed all day. 
you know, all of us, we're making things, we're thinking about things, we're, we're creating, think about when you call up an old friend or you bump into somebody, you create that whole experience you know, and you can practice, like, I'm going to create a super high vibration experience the next time I bump into someone I know, right? And, and, and you can leave them so lit up. So we're doing this all the time, but we haven't been taught that. And, and again, this subject of creativity has been taught to us, like only some people have it. And even if you have it, you probably won't get paid enough or there won't be benefits included for sure. Those of us in the United States, you know, that need benefits. So you might as well not do it where the reality is, is it like creativity is the gas in the gas tank. You can have that Maserati or Lamborghini, but if you don't have gas in the gas tank, that thing isn't going anywhere. And that's where we are right now on this planet. Like without creativity, we are doomed, straight up doomed. The planet will be fine. We will all be gone. Right. But, but with creativity, there's always a possibility. There's always something else you can do. There's always um, so many possibilities. And that's what we desperately need. Because if we can take where we are and focus on all the change that can happen, that's absolutely available to us, it will happen. If we focus on everything that's going wrong, then we just heap more of that on top of ourselves. So we were meant to learn this right now. (laughs) And mark my words, if we don't, the pandemic will come back, like everything, all of this is here to help us. Yeah. And, but we can't ignore any longer that just like a virus, like, yeah. you know, we create and mutate and, and we latch on to unhealthy organisms and we've got to learn how to focus on what we want and take steps from there. Yeah. Cool. I love, it's making <laughs> me think of fast company magazine. I've always loved that magazine. And I love the articles on people who innovate like basically it's they've just gotten creative and they they talk about companies that are solving problems in in new ways you know and yeah, you can't solve a problem focused on everything that's going wrong yeah right? like yeah. what if what if what if yeah can you give a personal example of where maybe you i'm sure you have tons of them but maybe what comes to mind where you were sort of where painting and doing this practice sort of unlocked something else uh, in you that maybe you didn't know, have an answer to at this at the time. Yeah. I mean, there are, you know, the, the paintings that I've painted manifesting, you know, the painting you mentioned that is on my Instagram right now, I painted that. I'm just going to bring that up. Like keep talking and I'll bring that up for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I had just moved into my house and moving into my house was a big focus. Like I painted, you know, I love my new house. I love waking up in my new house. You know, I'd painted that forever. And then I was in the house and, and it was like, okay, so now what? So around new year's 2018, I painted this painting and I'm like, okay, you know, universe, what, what's my next call? What's the next focus? And, and what came through was, and what's written all around that painting is basically like, I am a a new paradigm teacher and I magnetize to me people who want to learn how to navigate this new world, which again, Mm. this was 2018, right? And so when people are like, how do you do it? How do you stay hopeful? How do you stay happy? Like, oh, you should read Whitney Freya's stuff. Like, it's really helpful, right? So that's, that's what I painted. And 30 Days to Unstoppable, Be the Dream Made Visible, my latest book, exactly that, you know, it's exactly in alignment with that. When Corona happened, and I'm teaching all these online courses, right, my audience expanded dramatically. And it's, been 
such a powerful conversation because we're all so aware right now of how we create our reality. Even when you're stuck home, you know, what do you do? Like <laughs> your happiness is up to you. So this, this idea of just, I receive the teachings and guidance that I receive. I share it with the world without any very few filters. You know, I'm not, I take myself out of the equation. Right. And, and people will find me and that, you know, that's how I will be showing up in the world. And so this painting hangs over my altar in my bedroom and the owl is a big symbol for me. The I was going to ask you what you were trying to express, what was coming. Yeah. So the owl owl is like my main animal totem. There's one painted on the whole side of my studio here, which is, you know, used to be a garage. I have so many owl stories that are amazing, but that owl of course, it's a symbol of wisdom, right? We know the wise old owl, but it's really transformation. And so owl energy wants to help us transform, which is always out of fear into love, you know, out of trying to keep everybody else happy into being your most authentic self. And then the, you can kind of see ghosted around it is the six pointed star, which is also a symbol for the Merkaba, which is the two pyramids, which is traditionally also known as a symbol of union and specifically the union of ourselves as physical beings that are also animated by our infinite being. And so I painted that before I received the unstoppable dream teaching, but that symbol is the main like map, the blueprint, the yantra for 30 days to unstoppable. The Metatron's cube is on the cover and that's that's the image we use to help understand that we can nurture, you know, this space that is us, that isn't just contained by our body. Like your energy doesn't stop at your skin. So anyway, all that to say a lot of the work I do and I teach people is how to pay attention to the symbols and images that are coming up, that are attracting you, that show up over and over, you know, the animal that crosses your path in an unusual way, look up the symbolism of that animal and you will absolutely get some very valuable wisdom. So it's interesting, like I've painted paintings like that one. And then in a year or two or three, I look back and I'm like, oh, that's why, like, that's where that came. That's why that was there was to kind of it's like breadcrumbs, you know, that we're meant to follow. And then another example that I use is, you know, with this creativity and learning how to focus your attention and your thoughts and ideas on what you desire. At age 46, I started paragliding, which is, you know, you see the the wings with the kind of like a banana shaped wing and we launch off of mountains and fly through the air. And, you know, 46, mother of three kids, like, not the typical demographic for paragliding, but there was so much. I mean, I've always wanted to fly. I had a painting from, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands that, you know, if I had one superpower, it would be that I could fly, you know, that's always been a thing. And then using what I've learned, painting, imagining what I want, right. Having everything, like when you launch off a mountain, you've got to have every single cell in your body launching off that mountain, right. You hesitate and, things go way wrong. So it all becomes just another canvas. Like the sky and my wing is a whole other canvas and I can use, you know, my life artistry skills that I've developed and nurtured through my painting practice during paragliding. Like even having the courage to do something new or each time, you know, it goes up and up. It's like, okay, focus on what you want, imagine it, you know, and take it from there. So 
you know, this, like, I'm not interested in helping people develop a painting practice so that they become really good painters. I mean, that happens, but like, that's just minor compared to the changes they end up creating in their life and the other things that they end up doing and things that used to throw them off and get them angry don't anymore. Right. And because they're like, huh, well, must be something else or something better or that relationship is done or, you know, whatever it is. And then they learn to focus on they want what they want in the present moment. They're taking more action, you know, rather than, like I mentioned, getting the idea and then getting so caught up in the future that they don't take any action in the present. You know, I'll try it. I'll make the call. I'll sign up for the course and see what happens, you know, take it from there. So that's what I get excited about is how art and life are really one in the same. So you can be more of a perfectionist, less of a perfectionist. You know, you can be wild and free at the canvas. You can be more detail oriented at the canvas and you're literally programming that into yourself. You're creating new neural pathways that will help in every area of your life. So that's, that's my like big success with people is when they tell me even things like, you know, I had got a letter from the whatever, you know, and my card had been hacked and I was just like, oh, okay. And take the steps and deal with it. And you know what I mean? Like all those little things, like life can be so painful or it can not be. <laughs> and sounds like you're just trying to get people to trust in their creativity and that they'll be okay. Like if they trust their creativity, they'll come up with, they have so many options. They have unlimited yeah, options, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's the whole, like when one door closes, another will open. Like what yeah. if, you know, you are being guided and there is like, there's change that's wanting to happen. So things are shaking up in some areas of your life to make space for something else, you know, mm -hmm. instead of holding on white knuckle to how things should be like life doesn't proceed logically. It just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're expecting it to, you know, proceed logically and then you're getting disappointed and all of that, it's like, oh, <laughs> this is I feel for you, right? Like we want to help you get into flow and like just understand how you can not resist. You know, it's the Katie Byron teaching that the, and it's Buddha's teaching. The source of suffering is thinking that the suffering shouldn't be happening. You know, to a certain extent, life is suffering. So there are things that are going to go wrong. How can you allow those things to, you know, give you the wisdom or help you understand, learn more about yourself rather than feel like the victim and that it shouldn't have happened. Anyway, there's a lot there. I spend my life, you know, exploring this topics. So we teach what we need to learn, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's just finish up with life as your vision quest, a new look at balance. People are always talking about a balanced life and stuff like that. I'm mm -hmm. just wondering what your mm -hmm. perspective on that is. Yeah. So, so Vision Quest is one of my online programs and Vision Quest, the Creatively Fit program. And what occurred to me is that life is a vision quest. <laughs> we actually receive, you know, the millions of input that we're receiving every second. And there's something like 85, 90% of that we receive through our sense of sight. So what we see, what we're attracted to is very symbolic. You know, you may have a, a stage where you're like, oh, I'm just, you know, like to wear yellow or, you know, you're 
getting lots of yellow around you or, or you're seeing, you know, animals everywhere. I'm seeing lotus flowers everywhere. Like not everyone is seeing those things everywhere. Like you are resonating with and being attracted to colors or symbols or images or animals or something for a reason. So tuning into all the ways we're being guided through our sense of vision. And then again, at the canvas, right? Visioning into what we want, using our vision to be an ally rather than allowing it to paint pictures of all the worst case scenarios. Um, so, so the balance comes when you understand that there are very important, logical, linear, practical aspects of life, like without a doubt, there's no like logic is bad and intuition is good, you know, or left brain thinking is bad and right brain is good. We're meant to be in balance. So, so when you tune into all this subtle guidance and intuitive guidance that you're receiving all the time, then that helps to balance the logical, you know, there's a little more room for the mystery, which inherently loosens your grip on how things are meant to happen. I remember reading years ago in like an Oprah magazine with a Harvard professor kind of, you know, one of those articles. And, and they were saying people that achieve their goals, one of the characteristics was they held on really loosely to how it was meant to happen. Right. And they trusted that the thing was supposed to happen, the goal that they had, but no matter, you know, one business failed, they started another one, you know, it's the classic, like the Olympic athlete that broke both their legs and then kept coming back as they imagined it. Or, you know, there's usually some pretty intense stories of, of challenge that came before the incredible success. So when you understand that this idea or vision that you've been given is meant to happen, no matter how, what loop-de-loops it takes on the way, you still like, okay, wow. I thought it was going to happen that direction. It didn't, you know, my first book, I wrote my first book, you know, before I had any children. And by the time it was published, I had three who could read it. And that journey was a long and windy journey, but I never doubted that that book was supposed to come out, you know, and it ended up being published by a publisher in Nashville. And it was, it was an incredible story, but it didn't proceed the way I thought, you know, I'd flown to New York with just a backpack to meet with a literary agent who loved it. But then apparently she went on maternity leave and never came back. And, you know, there was one thing after another that I could have allowed myself to interpret as, oh, I guess this isn't going to happen, but it was just like, oh, I guess that's not the agent. And I'm actually thrilled. I didn't have an agent, you know, so you, you really want to develop this ability to harness the logic and the linear to serve your wild and crazy dreams. <laughs> That's the balance we're going for. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's never either or, right? It's always both and like in mm -hmm. the two um, accentuate each other. Mm -hmm. So just tell us a little bit about your most recent book, 30 Days to Unstoppable. I, I had to confess before our interview, I didn't, I didn't, somehow I missed the fact that you had just written a book recently <laughs> and okay. I'll have to, I'll have to go read it afterwards and get, get a hold of one. But it sounds like there's a bit of a, a program, some, some exercises and that sort of thing. But yeah, tell us a little bit more about your book. Yeah. So 30 Days to Unstoppable, Be the Dream Made Visible is, is absolutely a blueprint, a practice, a, a meditative practice that you can learn and follow that will help you to align with you as 
the unstoppable dream, like is you as an unstoppable being so that when you receive, you know, the ideas, you're able to do them. I mentioned that six pointed star that is in a sacred geometry called Metatron's cube. And, and that's the yantra, which is like a visual mantra for the teaching. And so you are in that diamond, you know, that star space, the union of light and matter, right? Energy and and matter. And then you're surrounded by these six spheres of wellness. So it's using that imagery, one, to help distract the logical linear left brain, you know, that's fear-based and, you know, like, okay, so I'm imagining myself in the star and these six spheres of wellness. And and what you want to do is focus on and make sure your life is full of these six spheres, which are love, compassion, courage, alignment, gratitude. Because I asked myself, this all started asking myself the question, like, what is it if you have these basic things in your life, everything else will be okay, right? Like, I think we've made life on planet earth way too complicated. If you have lots of things that you love, if you practice self-compassion first and compassion for others, if you are in tune with your courageous self, you know how to cross that threshold into the unknown when it comes up, because that's necessary part of any change. If you are focusing on and expecting and honoring those things that are in alignment with who you are, right? Trying to keep everybody else happy and be the daughter or the son that your dad always wanted or whatever, that is not the recipe for personal happiness, right? Like who are you? What lights you up? Do more of that. And then express gratitude. One of the chapters, I loved this that came through. It talks about sending gratitude into your future. So whatever it is you want, like you talked about your goals. So whatever it is you want, you imagine yourself there and you, you're you there and you're expressing gratitude, like I used it, I, my garage was a complete disaster. Like the realtor was like, oh, it's a teardown. And so I was kind of testing myself on this, right? Like as I'm getting the teaching, I'm like, okay, I am so grateful that I have the money I need to fix up the garage. I'm so grateful I found the contractors. I imagine myself standing outside writing checks. Oh, I'm so grateful I have money to write the checks. And literally within like 10 months, um, this was redone. And I mean, I did all the painting and caulking and all that stuff, but I had everything I needed to make it happen. And so sending gratitude into your future, like being grateful for it coming to happen. I don't know how it happened, but wow, I'm so grateful. And then presence, you got to stay present because the past is full of your baggage and stories. Like I'm not good at that, you know, whatever the future is unknown. We can't control the future. You've got to nurture presence. And the great thing, like we kind of touched on in the beginning is, you know, Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't have a dream or whatever. It's like, just get yourself in love with the tea in the morning, the color of the sunset, you know, be compassionate with yourself when you try something and make a mistake or say something wrong, practice being courageous, you know, honor that which is in alignment, send gratitude out into the world and, and nurture the present moment. One, you don't have much time to focus on the other things, right? Because you're making these things a priority. And then you're in such a space that it will naturally attract more of what you desire. And I'm not talking like manifesting, you know, a red Corvette or something. It's like, we're here to create. 
you're not here to be tortured by your past. You're not here to be, to play small. You know, that Marianne Williamson quote, like we're more afraid of our success than failure. Like we are meant and are here to create change. And the great game of life is that, you know, we've been told we're not creative. We've been told, you know, one person can't do anything and it's just not true. And so we have to take back how we kind of function. It's like upgrading the operating system, right? If you're watching the news and you're, you know, thinking about all the things that you've done wrong, and then you're looking around your house at all the messes, and then you're feeling not strong in your body, like it's going to be really hard to, when you get the idea to be like, Oh, I've got this. <laughs> right. But when you're constantly like, wow, I'd love that. I love that. Like it's, it's as little as waking up in the morning and making your breakfast and opening up the fridge. I mean, like, God, I love my refrigerator. Like, Ooh, I love butter on toast. And like, it sounds silly and kind of, you know, kindergartenish or whatever, but like, yeah, it's that easy. You know, what you focus on expands. We know this, the wolf you feed is the one that grows. Like it, the teaching is everywhere. So do it. Like, let's actually do it. And so 30 days to unstoppable is 30 days. They don't have to be done in a row. Of course, 30 days, 30 meditations. It's available on audible. It's available audiobook on my website. Um, there's a companion journal to it. I have an online program where I work with people um, in a group format, very intimately to really help integrate this unstoppableness. It's not easy, right? Like it's simple, not easy. It's a commitment. And I, I often get, you know, like, oh, Whitney's always happy. Whitney's always blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I work, I make sure, you know, this is a priority. I make it a priority to do things that make me happy and weeding the garden, you know, in my old life, it used to be this big stress thing. Like, oh, we got to weed the garden, weed the garden right now. I weed the garden. I'm like, I'm grounding. I'm, you know, soaking up all those minerals from the earth. I'm connecting with mother earth. Like weeding the garden has become a ritual. So there are ways to take anything, you know, paying the bills like, wow, I get to connect to my abundance. And, you know, there, you can still do all the adult things and be very responsible, but you can do it in a way that is one that is supportive of you and your life and what you want and honors what's important to you. And that's what I want everybody to experience. <laughs> I love it. I'll have to make sure I get a hold of the book. It's um, good. It is. It's really good. <laughs> I do. Just just before we go, I'll I'll mention where people can get in touch with you at the end. But do you have a favorite story of somebody who's read the book or maybe taken one of your classes or something like that that you can you can share with us just as we wrap up? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There are so many, you know, one that always comes to mind is actually a woman who, oh gosh, there's so many, but a woman who started coming to my art center. She was a nurse. And she worked crazy hours, you know, night shift and day shift, and it was changing every week. And she felt like she had no life. And she was just low vibration when she came to art class. And over the period of about six or seven months, maybe a year, she started showing up a little more twinkle in her eye. And she'd be like, I figured out that I could work like two different hospitals for less hours, but a real fixed schedule. Anyway, she totally started creating the change that she wanted. And she ended up buying a house on the coast in North Carolina. She, at one point she's opened an art center, you know, I mean, she just 
took control of her life. And it was amazing to watch. You know, I've known her for a long time. Another one has, again, she was at the art center and is now co-teaching. And we actually have an Unstoppable Dream course for women in recovery. And she teaches that. We've known each other for 25 years and is now teaching online. She stopped her therapy practice because she didn't want to be doing that. You know, and then there are things people end up, you know, moving to another country or traveling to, you know, become a certified yoga teacher. Like they're doing things that they love that they've always wanted to do, but they just stopped short ahead of time. You know, I have creatively fit coaches. I train, I have a certification program and, you know, I have people teaching art the way I teach art online and in person and making an income doing that. And they didn't used to even paint. Right. So, and then there are little things like, oh, when I used to get a letter like this, I used to freak out and now it doesn't even bother me. Like that makes me just as happy as, as any of the big changes, right? Because, you know, life can either be working against you or for you. And, you know, Einstein said the biggest decision you'll ever make is if you live in a friendly or unfriendly universe and everything changes when you choose to believe that you live in a friendly universe. So the changes are far reaching. Right on. I feel like I could talk to you for a lot longer. We'll have to do a, I'll read the book and we'll do a follow-up. Oh, do that. That would be fun. (laughs) I also think you need to trademark this term, the unstoppable dream, if you haven't done so already. (laughs) Yeah. Trademark. Yeah. 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 I I have, I think I can't even remember. I have, I think be unstoppable.com. Okay. You know, I don't, I can't even keep track. I'm like one of those, I get an idea and I reserve the URL, right? Yeah, me too. (laughs) You reserve the domain right away. Like this could be something someday. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Well, let's just go over the ways, or maybe you could just mention it and I'll put more links in our show notes, but what's, what's the main way for you like people to get in touch with you? Well, I'm Whitney Freya everywhere. Like, I mean, there's only one Whitney Freya apparently. So that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. I'm looking at, you got Whitney Freya at LinkedIn, at Instagram. Yeah. You've yeah, got I'm not it really everywhere. on LinkedIn that much, but Facebook and LinkedIn or uh, Instagram, yeah. WhitneyFreya.com. I mean, I would definitely start there, which will also lead you. You click the online programs, go to WhitneyFreyaStudio.com, but that's all from WhitneyFreya.com. And I have lots of online courses. I have a free online course called the Life Artist Masterclass, which would be a really great if you're listening and you're like, okay, what is she like? I want a little bit more. The Life Artist Masterclass is just five short videos. You don't have to paint or draw anything, but, and it's, I video them outside in the wilderness around my house and, and you can comment below any of those lessons. And I read and respond, you know, to all the comments. So. Oh, neat. That's a nice, easy next step. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. The Life Artist Masterclass. Yeah. Right on. Well, thank you so much for doing this today. The, the way I've sort of been picking my guests is by going, do I think what they would talk about, would that, is that something I want to hear more about? And do I resonate with this person? And I certainly do. I resonate with everything you said today. It's been been excellent. So, And, and thank you for doing the work that you've done in your own life and for, for going after it. I, I appreciate that. I really appreciate people who've done the work. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Rod. Yeah, it definitely has, there's been some, you know, dark nights of the soul, so to speak along the way. And I'm very grateful that I kept on, you know, and I really think, you know, part of this that we're all being called to right now is more of a feeling of connectivity and the collective and understanding that when we 
honor what's important to us, when we choose things that make us happy, that gives other people permission to do the same, you know, mm. and your presence as a happy person right now gets noticed. It gets noticed in the grocery store line. It gets noticed, you know, in a, in a car just stopped in traffic. It makes a difference. And if we mm -hmm. all did that one by one, you know, it's Gandhi said it best, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, but we yeah. really can pull ourselves out of the snow's dive. And, and it's just up to each of us as individuals and not underestimating the power of one. When you understand the ripple effects, you know, that, you being happy is medicine for other people. That's important. So permission to do things that make you happy. You know, this mm. is a question I get a lot. Um, <laughs> it, will, it will help others. There you go. Listeners use this as this interview or this conversation today as permission to do the things that make you happy. That'd be great if that was just one takeaway that people took from this. I'm sure they there's more, but that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rod. Thanks for creating this space. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.